Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1987, four childhood friends were reunited after 10 years to investigate the murder of a mentor they all shared. During this time, they unlocked the deep secrets of the past and found themselves exposed to the darkness that surrounded them. Soon it became more than a fight for justice, and instead it became a fight against the ultimate evil. Six months later, in the winter of 1988, bonded by their knowledge of the dark unknown, they have decided to no longer be the victim. Now they seek out the deep roots of satanic corruption that hides in the shadows of society, all the while trying to mentor a new companion seeking justice for the death of his cousin. Institutionalized is the second story arc in the Chronicles of Darkness first edition story, The Ultimate Evil, set in Bismarck, North Dakota in 1988. Join us in this tale of satanic horror with Wayne, played by Adam, Che, played by Andrew, Alex, played by Mitch, Michael, played by Slavic, and the newcomer Derek, played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM and on Facebook and Discord at Twin Cities by Night. If you'd like to help support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So, Derek, you just popped up this information on the computer, and Wayne and Michael, you're kind of standing behind the chair, and you see Derek just looks up at you guys to wait for your reaction when you are both seeing that what this vehicle information is. You saw that it came from the Hertz, that's in the Bismarck Municipal Airport. That is, and you guys know where the airport is. I mean, like I said, this isn't like a super big town, but you know the airport is south of main street is actually not too far from where you guys are at right now and it's actually wayne not too far from where your trailer park is you all are very familiar with where they where it's at right now go ahead scenes on you guys wayne is so blown away by just how that was possible and it's it's almost like we have a wizard on our team it's just like can you believe that just just looked it up in the in the goddamn computer I don't know if we can get anywhere with this, but son of a, we can we can do that for for other stuff too. That's Jesus Christ. Yeah, rental service sounds tough though. Can can we get like their customer data or whatever? We can start by looking up the phone number. I can try to just call and fish around for information. I don't know. Try to bullshit them first and. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe you could go to the front desk and just bribe someone. Now that's a plan. So what are you guys going to do now that you you have that information about the airport? Like I said, it's 530 right now. You have the kid, that Jason kid, who's probably back from school. Or you can do it the next day, go get some drinks or go home or whatever your call may be. It's on you guys. You I leave. probably need to call home, actually, why I'm not there. How do you, how, how do you wish to go about that? I don't know. Just call them from the office phone or whatever okay you see derek kind of steps away he goes to like one of the phones on the desk and you see him dial some numbers real quick you hear after three rings the receiver kind of like it's like getting picked up and then you hear a female voice a familiar warm voice of your mother kind of brings that pang of warmth that you that every boy feels no matter his age when he hears his mother's voice coming through the phone as long as she's not angry at him or let down and you just kind of hear a hello Hey, mom. Oh, hey, hey. How's it going? 
long day at work or you staying extra hours? Uh, not really. Actually, um, the welding shop probably is closing down. No. What? We, we, lo we lost the contract with the, the civic center. Yeah, we lost the contract with the civic center. What? what? But you, they told you that that was guaranteed work for like two years. Yeah. And pretty sure the boss thought so too, but... Oh, I am so sorry, Derek. Seriously, I'm so sorry for you. I know you had your hopes up about that job. I know that you... <sighs> it, it's really much worse for my colleagues. I, I actually got a new thing right now. What? Wait, wait, wait you found a job already? Yeah. How, how did that How did that happen? You just kind of hear the joy in her voice. Well, uh, Jerry hooked me up uh, like two months ago or something with these uh, people who are just starting up as a private investigation service here. Maybe you have seen their ad in the newspaper, actually. What, what, private, private, what? Wait, wait, is it the one with the guy smiling? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Michael. He's great. Oh, he's a, he, yeah, he's a handsome little guy. He, he looks really happy in the picture. Nice teeth. <laughs> you know, someone has nice teeth when they really stick out in like the black and white of the picture and everything like that. It's kind of cool. Uh, what? Wow, that is really amazing. I mean, I know Jerry used to be a cop and everything. I mean, that's a new career, right? That's a new path you can go down. Uh, do you have to like do some kind of test or something, or like, like what are you uh, going to be doing? Do you know? I don't think for now, maybe in the future, but now I'm just starting out as like an assistant, I guess. See, Derek, this is what I'm telling you. I always have told you, you got to keep your head up and you got to take, keep taking one step after another. I mean, this is, you should be very thankful for this. I mean, you should be very, you should have gratitude and I'm happy for you. I'm really happy to hear that this is, you know, that this has happened for you. And your dad would be proud too. And I'm going to let him know, you know, when he wakes up from his nap and everything are you still working then i take it or yeah maybe um actually uh the guys just got in a new case i'm honestly not sure how much i'm able to tell you Ooh, i'm new to this so I, I i i better not talk too much right now but we're gonna try to hit some people up talk to them in the evening hours so i'll be late but okay well i'll leave dinner in the fridge I actually have tonight off. So whenever you get home, if you just want to come in and grab it, you know, and, and heat it up or I can, I'll leave it in your fridge. I'll go up to your apartment. I'll leave it in your fridge. Okay. And then you can just heat it up when you get home. Okay. In case your father and I are asleep. Okay. Okay. sounds great. All right. I love you. Okay. You stay out of trouble and be careful. All right. <laughs> sure. All right. I got an ex cop on my side as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Bismarck. I mean, like really what can happen? You know, <laughs> she just kind of laughs and hangs up. And when she does that, you kind of get hit with this sense of like, oof. If <laughs> she only yeah, like yeah, you know, exactly. knew. Yeah, you know, like so you all see Derek hang up the phone. Go ahead, scenes on you guys. Everything all right at home base, Derek? Yeah, I just needed to give them a call. I never even mentioned to them that today was kind of crazy. Oh uh, yeah. Damn. What a shitty first day. <laughs> you know, it's it's usually actually pretty boring. You just got here at an interesting time. Anyway, uh all right, we got the license plate. So, do we talk to talk to the kid now? What do you guys think? Yeah, we might as well. We might as well look into the leads we have. And uh, Wayne's going to be setting up like a little cork board kind of thing, you know, like not with like red red string or anything like that. But he's 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 pinning stuff up to a cork board, 
And whenever they decide to leave, he's just going to kind of, it's going to be like a, a larger cork board that's like on wheels, actually, like a, a big frame on wheels. And he's actually just going to wheel it somewhere private, the back of the office, and nobody can snoop on it or anything like that. But the whole time he's talking, he's just pinning like all kinds of different things, things that aren't even necessarily clues, like just a piece of paper with a phone number on it. Just like a, just like a quick reference, basically. Like what, like, give me an example of what kind of stuff is up there. Like, okay. They, they, when they start talking about, okay, let's go talk to this kid and again, the address. I mean, they're going to see you go back behind where like the couch area is at like there and you pull out this cork board on wheels and you start putting stuff up there. What are they seeing you put up there? Like give us a good mental picture of exactly what this is. Sure thing. So uh, one of the things I'm putting up there is the Rolodex card that Toby's grandpa gave me. I'm just pinning that up there and I'm not like pinning them in a way where we're going to like draw connections to stuff. I'm just like putting stuff up on the board. I'm pinning up the little note that I took that has the license plate number that I wrote down. I'm pinning up the whatever printout sheet had the Hertz information, just little things that we've, we've put together so far. Like if there's any like clippings or anything like that, that have been relevant, I'm, I'm putting those up. You could put the Dakota Adventist Academy. You could put Michael McNulty. You could put the headmaster that Michael McNulty said he spoke to about the pictures, whose name is Garrett Dodson. You can put the kid's name, Jason Matthews, who you guys are going to go speaking to. The missing kid, You could, his name is Toby Lancaster. You could put his grandfather, Otis Lancaster. So you see like him putting this stuff up on the board. Michael, how does that make you feel seeing like Wayne's kind of taking this analytical, like like approach, almost like a detective when, he, when it comes to this? What, what's going on through your head when you see that? Well, Michael's obviously very happy that Vane's uh, heavily invested into this shit. And uh, he sort of encourages him with like, you know, talking about stuff and everything. So there's like this sense of teamwork going on, like a creative medium while these two are going at it. Derek, you're seeing these two as they're working together, kind of putting up on the board there. Do you want do you want to interject or add to this at all? Or are you just kind of witnessing it right now and kind of seeing it? Uh, I'm thinking Derek is just now like grasping the scope of things already established because he only had like bits and pieces so far. So he's like, what, what's with this school? What did it close down for a year? And Wayne, you, you, you see, you hear him say that. So I'll go ahead and let you respond. You may not, you don't even know really, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why it closed. Do you think maybe you can get some like background info from the former head of school, this Keith. And Wayne will be kind of like writing names on little index cards this whole time. And he's, he's thumbtacking him. And the whole time Derek's talking to him, uh, Wayne's back is kind of facing Derek as he does stuff on this cork board. And uh, he's got a cigarette in one hand and he'll occasionally like look back to, to talk to Derek. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can do that. That's, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. I, I mean, I don't think I was asking the right questions at first because I don't think I realized how serious this whole thing is. And he'll just like take a step back from the cork board and just like look over all of it and just like put his cigarette out in the ashtray and then sit back down in the chair. And he'll just like kind of lean in closer to Derek and he'll just be like, that guy I talked to, the guidance counselor, he looked haunted almost, just really disturbed. I don't know. The whole thing, it just, 
gives me this weird feeling, you know, it's like a, it's like a pit in my stomach. It's like a inclination. Yeah. The, the thing that you mentioned about him not being allowed to talk, like the head of school telling him to shut up, that seems really, really bad. I don't know who it was to protect, but it just, it scares me almost, you know? You see this, this board eventually starts filling up. And like with like 40 minutes of effort, you guys have all this information. I hope as players, you guys are keeping all these threads that you guys should <laughs> write down all these threads you guys should investigate. So you, you have this board done at this moment and you guys look outside and you can see it's already dark out now. It's about like 6.15, 6.30 right now. And whose vehicle are you going to take? Because you know, Wayne, this is going back to those Prairie View apartments that you were at earlier. And Mike, you know these Prairie View apartments because this is where you and Che went and talked to Johnny Vaughn when he was like sitting out his window getting drunk, you know, like this last late summer, early fall. Who's going to be driving what car? Are you guys going to go separate cars or what, what? what's your plan of action at this moment? Uh, let's just take a different car from Wayne's or like one that isn't Wayne's car. I think Derek is there with his, did he have a truck or a van? Van. He had a van. van. Yeah. Yep. He had a van. So probably pretty roomy. Yeah, that'd be a good thing. You can you have a van. We can even say like the back has like the seats where you can either lay them flat and pull them up so you can put stuff in the back or you can like, you know, have seats so someone can sit in the front with you and someone can sit like in this whole row of seats. You know what I mean? That's like right behind it and everything like that. Yeah, and maybe even thinking it has like, you know, he can use it to like get his dad somewhere. So, oh, yeah. For like the health reasons and everything. Yeah, maybe he has like some weird extension um, where he can make like steps on towards like the the raised door yeah yeah like on the it's probably a little bit of a custom job everywhere but very modular yeah for sure yeah nice and we will even do you justice and not make it white we'll say like it's a tan van right now you know you guys get in the van who's sitting in the front mike six in the front <laughs> Mike's like, he's like shotgun yeah what what kind of music do you have do you have music playing do you usually have the radio on or what what kind of what usually if you turn on the car right now you guys are all like going in there and you're doing the north dakota like God damn it's cold and trying to like warm up your hands breath's coming out you're starting <laughs> and it starts up you know you turn on the heater people are waiting you, you always got to wait for that heater for like a good minute or two before you start driving what are people hearing as they're shivering in the vehicle right now waiting for it to like the, the heat to kick in i'm thinking Derek is a radio guy radio guy yeah, yeah. Especially like in the morning, mm. he likes like the the morning shows where yeah. people kind of like walk, walk, walking to Bismarck one eighty nine. Yeah, it's a Bismarck morning. No, so right now you actually hear like Phil Collins is playing because through the music right now, you know, through the speakers, it kind of this distorted front speakers is not really that good of a system, and you kind of hear uh, you know that song. I can feel it in the air tonight. It's like kind of like playing right now as you guys are driving along the road. You can feel the slush is starting to ice up a little bit because it's getting kind of frosty, but your vehicle is perfect for it. it, has, you know, distributed weight. And as you're driving up on North Washington Street going north, you get to Divide Street where Mike's kind of leading you, pointing you to the right direction. You make a left on Divide Street and both Mike and Wayne, you see that YMCA again on the left that you guys were part of when you were kids when Amanda was your counselor and you kind of just kind of drive past that 
golf course that's past and on the left. And you keep going down Divide Street where eventually you get to these apartments. When you get to the front of the apartment building that you were just at earlier today, Wayne, it's much different at night because when you pull into the parking lot, you know, you drive past these two big snow drifts that like looks like someone plowed the 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 driveway in the street and they just kind of made these huge snow uh, drifts and it's dark. It's like really dark and it's a clear night. And so when you get out of the vehicle, you can see it's, it's, you have the street lights that are in the parking lot, but it's almost like the stars and the street lights leave this reflective, like shine this reflective crust that's over the snow. Like it's not fresh snow. So it's almost like frozen to a bit to where you get out of the vehicles and just kind of almost like illuminates the parking lot in this weird way. And you see through the pitch darkness that is around you, because there's not a, like a lot of businesses around these apartments, you see the lights from the apartments kind of break through the darkness. And they're almost like beacons of warmth. Like, you know, like within these windows and within these apartments, there's warmth there compared to how you are right now. Because as soon as you get out of the vehicle, out of the van, your nose hairs start freezing up. And you can kind of feel that crispness. Like your mustache gets crinkly sometimes, Wayne, when you walk out into the cold. And we'll say right now, the scene's on you guys in the parking lot. Go ahead. All right. Nobody noticed anyone following us. Michael almost like smiles sarcastically. Honestly, I was paying attention on on the road, like snowdrifts and everything. I think Wayne would have looked. Did anybody, uh, anything sketchy happen? Yeah, let's have you roll with some composure, please. Four successes for Mike. Two for Wayne. Sorry, guys, you got awesome successes, but unfortunately nothing was following you as you guys were driving. But you were super hyper vigilant, though. And I love doing rolls like that because I think it gets everyone like kind of worked up a little bit. I, mean, I don't mean to let you down, but you guys were vigilant. Like, Michael, while he's driving, pay attention to the road. You're kind of doing this like looking in the rear view mirror on the back because you can't really see anything from the rear view mirror. But you're kind of just like looking in the back, you keep looking out. And you notice, Wayne, that you and Michael are kind of like in this hyper vigilant mode. Wayne, you keep like looking on the side of the car, you know, out the window on the side, or you look over the seat to look out of the back of the van. Cause there's like the back of the van can be opened up like these double doors and they have like these double windows and you're trying to see if anything's following, but you don't notice that anything is following you. Matter of fact, when you kind of are on divide towards the end by these apartments, you know, there's no cars behind you following you at this moment. So you guys are in this parking lot right now. And by the way, you know that Jason Matthews lives on the first floor in uh, apartment 106. All right, let's get to it then. So you guys walk in towards the entrance of the apartments. Now there's one that's on the right. That's like this. This is like this glass pane window that has like a glass door you can open up and you can actually see through the glass. There's like wall mounted mailbox. And then there's like a, a, like a door that goes in the first floor hallway, or there's another door on the left. That is just a single door. It's like a metal door that you can open up and go in. Wayne starts walking across the parking lot towards the glass door and he goes ahead and you see him open it up and you two follow and he steps in and he's kind of like you know there's not like really like fresh snow on the ground it's just compact but he's kind of clicking his his boots on the on the back of the door to make sure he gets all the muck off him but you michael and Derek, kind of look at him doing that and you look around and you realize like he's putting a lot of effort for something that looks like people don't really take care of like you're looking at the tile that's in front of the mailboxes between the glass door and the mailboxes along the wall and you see it's all grimy and there's like mud and like salt and it's just like it looks like it hasn't been cleaned you you actually Derek, look and you see like the mailbox and you look to the right and there's like a little like two foot segment of a wall and you see there's like a cork board with like advertisements like you know selling a dog or you know missing cat or babysitting it's all pinned up there and you kind of hear when you guys step in and you hear the glass door close behind you you hear like 
sounds coming from like different hallways. And you look and you see on the right, there's like steps that go up and it has like this orange, the steps have like this orange carpet that looks like it's like nailed down on there that goes up. And it's like really grimy and dirty looking. You can smell like faint traces of like smoke and other things. And you look ahead and if you were to look ahead instead of going up the stairs, you see that there's a door there, like another metal door. And you see Wayne like just kind of opens it. Like it has a handle, not like a door knob. And you see him open the handle and you see on the top of the door, it has one of those spring latches, you know, where like if you open it and you let it close, it'll close automatically. And so you see him pull it and he walks in there and you see more of that orange carpet and you hear the door close behind you and you see there's two apartments on the right. And you see it says like 109, 108, and you go forward and you make a left. And then you see there's like, you look down the hallway and he's like, okay, there's probably like five apartments in this hallway segment. If I go to the other end, there's two more apartments like this to mirror this side that you're on now. And as you guys are doing the math, you're kind of looking, you see that 106 is the center apartment that's on the right. And so you guys walk up to it and you see like there's this brown door it's probably metal and you see it has like this brown metal frame that kind of goes around it you see there's an eye hole there and you see there's the numbers 106 that are kind of like embedded onto this door you can see and smell like cigarette a, a faint trace of urine that's coming from this rug a little bit and you can definitely tell that this isn't a place that's taken care of especially compared to your apartments Derek that you live in that's kind of by the Kirk the Kirkwood apartments that are by the Kirkwood mall not that they're high class but you definitely know you don't walk in there and smell like urine in the hallway like that so Go ahead, scenes on you guys. Michael, a carpet like this in a weather like we have right now in the hallway, is that a criminal offense? It should be. Look, uh, Mike, Derek, why don't you guys take the lead on this one? I'll I'll just come back. I'll take point. Do you want to wait in the car? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang outside. You sure? It's freezing. Well, I was thinking I would hang like in the I don't know, like in the halls of the apartment. Like I won't like go in. I was already in Otis's apartment earlier today, and um, I don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to be showing my face too too much. You know, knocking on everybody's door and everything. So I'll just hang outside the door and wait for you guys. All right. So you knock on the door, Michael. You see Wayne. Wayne, you walk kind of like forward, and you lean against the wall, like on the opposite side that you guys came through. Mike, you knock on the door and you 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 hear like the metallic sound of like the knock as your knuckles come across it. And you for a second are listening. You're doing your normal interaction. Matter of fact, you have been to these apartments plenty of times when you're a cop. Usually during the summertime, though, where people are more out and about and they're more, you know, they're more drinking. But you were here during the winter sometimes too. And you see this, Derek, where Michael will knock. And he kind of like just not like he's putting his ear his ear right on the door, but he's kind of you see him tilt his head a little bit like he's listening, and you hear for a moment like you hear TV a little bit, then you hear footsteps coming towards the door, and then you see the you know this as a sign of someone home as you see the light that's coming through the the peephole turns dark for a second like someone's looking through, and then you see it go away. And then you hear this sliding of like the sliding lock that's on the door and you hear the rattling of the chain. Then you hear of another lock, like one of the bigger, you know, locks that you turn and you hear the door open. You see like this lady kind of like opens the door like a foot. She's not opening the door all the way. And you see, this is a common thing that people do in apartments like this because they don't want to open their door all the way and not know who's at the door. They don't recognize you. But for the most part, you look clean cut and you look somewhat normal which also these people speak of it being an authority figure because they're not used to having people that look like you really knocking on the door you see this lady she has like 
blondish hair. It looked like it's supposed to be blonde, but it has dark roots. It's kind of has a bunch of hairspray and mousse in it, but it's not sticking out. But you see it's kind of curled like with volume that kind of like goes to her shoulders. You see she looks tired, like she probably got off work. You can see that she has kind of some bags under her eyes that are more like for sleep deprivation, not saying she looks like a drug addict or whatever. You see that she has pretty normal, clear skin, but she looks to be like she has a little weight to her. It may be because of the quality of food or the lack of exercise or anything to that extent, but she looks to be like a someone around the age of 30, maybe 35, like that. And you see there's a moment she's like, hello, can I help you? Hello, ma'am. My name is Michael Gray. I'm from the Dakota Investigative Services. I'm here looking into the disappearance of Toby Lancaster. This is my associate, Derek. Derek, please introduce yourself. Hello, ma'am. Derek Porter. And you see she kind of looks at you for a second. And you, this is realization with people who live in these apartments. And you kind of find that there's like different types of people you usually have people who kind of are like not doing anything with their lives i mean they're all on welfare because this is hud apartment but you see that there's some where people are kind of like taking advantage of the system some of people who who generally like are trying to do well for them and their kid mostly single mothers you know who are trying to do it and you can see that like her reaction to authority is not a defensive one which usually indicates to you michael that this is usually probably the type of person who's kind of having a hard time supporting a single kid a kid being a single mother you know who needs assistance because you see there's a moment where she recognizes the authority and then she asks politely can i can i see uh your your identification real quick sir i'm sorry i assume michael uh, like oh he already has it okay yeah okay so you see she like looks at your id and she just kind of nods and she opens up the door she's like please come in as you walk in you see that this is a kind of a smaller apartment. You see that to the right, right away when you walk into the right, there's like this circular brown like dining room table. It's not a big one, but it's a circular one that has like four seats. And you see that like to the wall to the right, there's like a sliding closet door to where like if she wanted to put something in there, but there's no separation from this little minuscule dining room to like the living room. And you look and you see the living room and you see that the living room has like two couches that kind of have a flower pattern to them, but they're kind of older couches and have this wooden this wooden coffee table that has like glass that is on it and brown wood that goes around it. It looks chipped though. It looks like it's probably like 10 or who knows how many years old. And you see that there's this TV on a TV stand. It's a smaller TV that has bunny ears with like tinfoil on it. And you see that there's like some local news or something on there. You look to the left and you see that there is a kitchen area. And the thing that separates you from right now from the kitchen area is like one of those bar like tables or bar stool setups that are there, counters where that like someone can stand there. But you look to see to get into the kitchen, you would have to go down this hallway on the left and make the first left. And you just kind of see like it's dark. You see that like it doesn't look like she's cooking anything. And you can kind of hear like a little bit of noise coming from down the hallway where you assume the bedrooms might be. But, you know, you don't know yet because you can't quite see there. And she's like, uh, yeah, uh, please uh, come in. And she's like, I'm, uh, and you see she's kind of like caught off guard for a second. She's like, uh, would you like to have a seat? She just kind of pulls one of the, the dining room. Yes, please. Chairs. But we, I don't think we'll be long. We just have a couple of questions. Uh, is your son around? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hold, hold on a second. You see her go, Jason, Jason. And she kind of starts walking down the, the, the little hallway on the left. And you kind of hear the knock on the door and you hear her open it. And you just kind of hear a muffle. Like, she's like, Jason, Jason, there's some people who want to talk to you. Uh, she kind of looks like, do you want him to come out here? Or do you want to talk to him in here? What, what, what's easier? I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do in this situation. Uh, Oh, no, it's fine. Uh, what do you think would be easier for Jason? And she stops for a second. She's like, hold on one second, Jason. She closes the door and she walks up to you. And she's like, I'm I'm sorry. I haven't given you my name. My name's Claire. And she's like, she just gives extends her hand out to you. She's like, if this is about Toby, um, 
I would think maybe you'd have better luck talking to Jason in there. Sometimes Jason's at that age where he doesn't talk to me as much like he used to. I signed him up for like the big brother program and everything like that. And he kind of seems to open up to male figures more because unfortunately there's not a male figure in our lives for him right now. So um, I'd say maybe if you want to, if you guys want to go talk to him in there, I just ask please to leave the door open if you can. Yeah, of uh, course. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So you see her walk down and you see she's wearing like these stonewashed jeans and she has like this green sweater on and she's not wearing any uh, any shoes right now, but she has like these pink socks that are underneath the the uh, stonewashed jeans. And she goes and opens the door and you can tell these bedroom doors are cheap doors. They're not like, like super thick doors, like the, like the apartment had. And when you guys kind of look like she opens and she kind of steps aside and you look in this room, you see, it's a rather small room. You see that there's a bed that's in the far left corner. You see that there's sliding closet doors on the right. You see that on the left before the bed, there's like a desk, like this cheap, like, school writing desk or anything like looks like he can sit there and draw if he wants to you see on the walls that there's like a poster of michael jordan like like doing like the air jordan like slam dunk thing you see that there's like a poison poster that's on there and then like a you see that there's like this poster of a lamborghini that's from like the scholastic book club that he has like thumbtacked on there you see he has a bo jackson poster also on the wall the one where he has like the football pads and he has the baseball bat behind him and has a nike symbol it says like bo's nose and you see this kid he's like kind of sitting on his bed and he's kind of like looking shocked like oh and he has like a magazine that is on a sports illustrated magazine that's like sitting on his bed like he was like reading it on his bed you see on the ground you see that there's like some clothes that maybe he just threw there you see that there's like a basketball that's there and he's at that weird stage in his life where like oh there's a transformer or there's some gi joes but it's kind of like not as much as it should be he's kind of like trying to push away from that and he like looks up to you he you see he's wearing sweatpants he has like no socks on under the sweatpants and he has like a uh, a tank top that he has like a cut off t-shirt like has a Nike symbol but has like the sleeves cut off and he has like this short blonde hair but it looks like it's like a little longer on the back but it's like shorter on top which is a stylish <laughs> cut like it's a mullet but like a junior mullet and you see the thing about this kid is you look at him you realize that like you realize that he's like one of those kids who, when they turn 12 or 13, like they really start getting hit with that testosterone more than maybe more kids their age. You see, like he has like, you can see with the cutoff shirt, you see he has like defined like arms, you know, like his muscles are defined and everything like that. And you see he has like traps on there that are kind of like in his jaws more like distinguished than most kids his age. He's like losing that baby fat. And you can kind of see that he's pretty, looks like he's a pretty athletic kid. And so you see him look up and he looks, shock for a second and you see his mom go hey jason don't worry these two gentlemen are working for this private investigative company who are trying to help find toby and you see him for a second like he looks at her and then he looks at you two and you see there's a moment where he just kind of like nods oh, okay and he's like so i'm gonna let them in here talk to you i'm gonna leave the door open if you need anything just holler at me okay i'm gonna be in the kitchen starting dinner all right so yeah yeah okay sure and you see him kind of like he closes the sports illustrated magazine and he kind of just does this weird thing where he kind of scoots as far away from you as he can on the bed like toward the wall because you you're you know what i mean he doesn't quite know you as you guys are standing in the room there and he just looks at you he's like uh i don't hi i don't know i'm sorry i don't know what to do right now hey jason hey and derek here well i'm a detective or private detective at my agency and we're trying to find toby so First of all, when was the last time you talked with Toby? You see a moment he's like thinking about it and he 
he go he looks like out his window like his window blinds are just open a little bit and you guys can see through the window blinds and you can see it's dark but there's lights coming through and you realize mike there's a second where you're looking through the blinds like oh i can see the path that opposite end of what i walked through when i went and talked to johnny vaughn you can kind of see that back courtyard you see him for a second he's like well i saw him like a few months ago when he ran away last time he, he stayed here he he somehow got here he said he like hitchhiked and he found his way back here and he was just trying to like figure out how he's gonna like let his grandpa know he didn't want to go back but uh, i don't know like toby toby's weird sometimes but can you tell us why he didn't want to go back and you see him for a moment he like looks past your shoulder and he's like like to see if his mom's still there then he looks at you and he's like toby said weird shit is there man he okay i sort of take out a pen and paper and i like put it in front of him and it's like you know in case you want to write something down instead of saying it that's all right too you see he looks and he's like and he like takes your pen and you see him write real quick and he just kind of hands it to you and you see the letters xex he's like that type of stuff he made it sound like oh okay and when did this start? He said that just weird stuff had been going on there. I don't know. Toby's been gone. Like he was gone most of the school year before that. I mean, I don't know. Toby, like Toby's my friend. He's like my, my really close friend, but Toby, he's kind of an asshole, you know, like he's kind of, and you see like, so for a second, you realize he said asshole in front of adults. He's like, I'm sorry. He's just, that's okay. Toby was just, you know, Toby's one of those people where they're like mean to people. And everyone thinks they're mean, but then like, you know him and you know, he's not really that way. And you try to tell people that like, Hey, this is my friend. He doesn't act like that around me, but no one believes you. That's how Tony Toby was, you know, like Toby and I weren't even, I mean, we used to be friends when we were like in grade school. And then like, he started being, he started being a jerk to people. And my mom used to tell me it was because like, he didn't have his mom and dad and like how, you know, he probably was angry that his mom and dad weren't around. And then one day Toby kept saying stuff to me and I just got tired of it. And I kind of grew bigger before Toby, you know, like I'm bigger than Toby. So I punched him and, and Toby started leaving me alone after that. And he started, you know, like being nice to me, you know, like we started being friends after that. And, and I used to tell Toby, I'd be like, Toby do sports. Like I'm good at basketball. Like, like, my mom knows I'm good at sports. I'm good at basketball and stuff. And I would tell Toby, like, do basketball, like, like, like do stuff and like, like, so you don't get angry all the time. And so why do you go get in trouble? Why do you go break windows or why do you go steal stuff? Like go do stuff. I do. We both are poor. We both don't have dads. Like we do the same stuff as me. And he wouldn't stop. And his grandpa, my mom says his grandpa sent him to that school because he couldn't, he's too old to take care of him. And so I didn't see Toby for like five months, like five or six months. And then all of a sudden, like I'm in the back playing basketball at the court and Toby's there and he comes and he's like, Hey, I'm hide me at your house. I'm going to stay at your house. I don't know. And he was crying. And so I like snuck him in my house. I snuck him through the window and he like points to the window. He's like, I can go through the window. Don't tell my mom, but I can go in and out this window here. And he's like, I snuck him through the window. And I said, Toby, like what's going on? And he said that there's weird stuff at that school. He said that the leader of the school, whatever you call it, the principal, but they have a different word for it, like a head something. I don't even know the word for it. He said that that head head guy was really weird. 
said his name was like Keith or, or something, the old head guy. He, I guess he doesn't work there anymore. And Toby just, Toby would cry a lot. Like he, he missed his grandpa. And so my mom eventually found out I was hiding Toby because I was sneaking food from the kitchen to give to Toby to eat. And she said, Toby has to go to his grandpa's. And Toby told me that the only way he would go to that school, if he talked to his guidance counselor, uh, McDonald or something is his name. I can't remember. And you see him look at the ground for a second. He's like, looks away and he, and he looks back at you. And he's like, and you can see he's trying to like, think of like how to say something. And he's like really turning away. I sort of pushed the pen and paper towards him. Like, you know, if you don't want to say something. I no, it's, I don't Toby. I think was sad a lot. Okay. More than sad a lot. He just didn't seem happy anymore. You know why? Was this before he went to the school or? It was when he was here. It was after when he stayed here for like a week. I just think Toby knew nothing was going to change. I think, and you see a moment, you see like, he kind of like wipes his cheeks with the back of his hand. You can see tears are slowly starting to come out. And he's like, I think Toby thinks he's going to be like everyone here when he grows up. Where like, I don't want to be here when I grow up. I don't want to be, I want to make my mom live somewhere else. And I want to give her money. And I don't want to be like these people who, who, drink or fight or get arrested and i think that toby doesn't think that he can ever get out of here and were now you two, were you two getting along well when you was here oh yes yes he's my buddy we listened to motley crew and guns and roses and he played basketball he'd help me practice for basketball he would tell me that i was good at basketball i, I didn't think i was good but he'd be like no you are good you need to tell me like i need to try out for sports teams and stuff and i listened to him listen i'm scared because if to I heard Toby was gone from the school and I know that Toby would not tell me he, Toby wouldn't like Toby would tell me if he was out of that school. Do you know him and me are best friends. He would not just go away without telling me. Did you two ever have phone conversations when he was? No, they don't the school. You were here. No, he said that school is no. He said that school is super churchy. Like all the the church stuff, and they always like gotta pray, and they can't like watch TV, and they he said the kids there are mean to him too, and everything like that. And he said the only person he liked was that guidance counselor of his. It's not fair. None of this is fair. I mean, like why why does why do why do all the rich kids get to like have both parents, and someone like Toby doesn't, and he has a grandpa that can't take care of him? How's that fair? It's not Toby. Uh, it's not Jason. So are you gonna find him? Oh, I'm gonna do my darndest to try. You promise me? I promise. And you see, like the tears are like starting to, you know, stop as he's like sitting there. Look, uh, Jason, we think Toby might be in big trouble. So, if you have anything that you don't want to tell us or anything, we're not gonna judge you for it. Toby said so, that weird sex stuff he thinks was happening at the school. Uh. Did he specify anything or was that all he said? Toby told me it didn't happen to him, but he thinks that like he, he was scared it might, but he thought that that guidance counselor would, would stop it from happening to him if he could. I mean, he said, he so just. The, do you think well, the guidance counselor knew about this? No, 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 no. He said, no, he said the guidance counselor was the only nice person there. You know, he said okay. that he thought the guidance counselor would protect okay. him. 
So that's why he said the only way he'd go back there, if he could talk to the guidance counselor on the phone. And my mom said that Mr. Lancaster had Toby talk to the guidance counselor on the phone and the guidance counselor said that everything would be okay and he should come back to school. All right. Thanks, Jason. Uh, Derek, do you have anything to add? Just make conversation with him a little bit, like ask him what team he's playing for. Oh, oh yeah. I'm playing. I'm part of the Hughes junior high Grizzlies. Like, Oh my God. I, you know, do you like Michael Jordan? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, my I dad is really into sports. Uh, he, he can't move anymore. So he, he's just oh, watching sports on TV. That's yeah. It's sad. kind of a bummer, but do you watch sports with them? I, I wish oh, yeah. I had a dad. I have this big brother, um, like the big brother program. You ever hear about the big brother program? Like they, like you have someone and they come in at first. I wasn't sure what to feel, but he uh, will take me to like restaurants where you can eat like um, chicken wings and watch sports on the, on the thing. I mean, they have beer, but I can't drink beer, but like, we'll watch like basketball and they have cable so they can like show the basketball games for like different teams. And like, I can see the bowl game sometimes there. And it's, Awesome. I, I want to be like Michael Jordan when I grow up. I mean, he is my hero. Like, you see my poster there? That poster cost me 20 bucks. You know how many cans I had to recycle to get that poster? I mean, I had to do it for the Bo Jackson one, too. But I play basketball. You see, he just starts going off. Like, he feels a sense of relief that there's a connection. He's like, I play basketball in the spring or in the fall, and I play football in the winter or the fall. And he just kind of, like, just starts talking. Eventually, the conversation winds down. And you see his mom, like, poke his head in the table and you, you see Mike is kind of just like looking at it, you know like Derek and you're looking at him but eventually she's like all right um Jason's gonna have to eat here can I talk to you two uh, in the living room Jason I'll, I'll come and get you for dinner okay you keep reading your magazine you better have done your homework young man you know if you don't do your homework you're not gonna be playing those sports and he's like I know mom I did it when I got home Jesus and you know you just see him like kick back in the bed and he like crosses his feet and he like starts reading the sports illustrated that's in his hands there as you two walk into the living room with her, she kind of like motions to the table and she's like, so did he help out at all? Or is there anything that I can like, like help out with myself or. No, no. Uh, he was a great help, honestly, because we know Toby was a troubled boy, but Jason was his basically only friend. So uh, we got to. He's a tough kid. I mean, he was a bully to a lot of kids, but I mean, yeah. I think it was just because of, a pent up frustration he had about his lot in life, you know, his grandpa tried as best as he could. Poor man. I couldn't imagine having to raise a teenager during at that age, you know, I can barely yeah. do it myself. And I have one that listens to me occasionally, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she just kind of smiles. Uh, yes. I, I can understand that fully. Uh, here's my card. Okay. You can call us if anything comes up, if Toby feels like, or, or, oh, sorry. If, Toby contacts Jason or anything or anything of the sort happens where you can call us. Yeah. Um, can I ask you something before you leave? Did he say like why Toby was so scared about that school? I could never get Jason to tell me and I never heard. Uh, ma'am, I'm afraid to say that this is confidential to the investigation. However, just between the two of us there's something weird about that place is my son gonna be okay he's not in any danger is he no uh as long he's not a student there or anything so no 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 of course not i don't have to no yeah i mean those bible thumping assholes are usually the biggest fucking hypocrites they make their way through these apartments all the time 
and they they assume that everyone who lives in these apartments are, are some drunk or drug addict and they want to tell us me if i repent for my sins the glory of heaven will pay my fucking bills and yeah yeah staying out of their way is probably the best option when we find toby i think it would be best if we can maybe make arrangements that he changes school again maybe it's around oh definitely jason a lot more the two of them i think they bonded each other yeah Yeah, they had they're a good influence on each other i think (laughs) yeah anyway ma'am thank you for your time and we won't bother you anymore. All right. Thank you. As you have a nice evening. You too. And she closes the door. Do you like what we do and want even more White Wolf media in your life? Then make sure to check out the Facebook group called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. It's a great place to stay up to date on videos, podcasts, and actual plays that different content creators release, it's easy to diverse, and is rapidly growing with new media being shared every day.